listening to 2XXFM 98.3 on local current affairs program Subject ACT, where we explore issues from a community focus. My name is Becca Posterino, 2XXFM current affairs coordinator and Subject ACT executive producer. Lovely to have your company today. Today we continue with our theme of law and justice in the ACT, exploring collaborative learning as part of the prison experience. We speak to Dr. Lorana Bartels, Associate Professor, School of Law and Justice at the University of Canberra, Dr. Ruth Armstrong, British Academy Postdoctoral Fellow, St. John's College Research Associate at the University of Cambridge, and Dr. Amy Ludlow, College Fellow and Lecturer in Law at Gonville and Keyes College at the University of Cambridge. Recently, Drs. Armstrong and Ludlow visited Australia and Subject ACT was invited by Dr. Lorana Bartels to discuss this pioneering project in the UK. The project is informing Dr. Lorana Bartel's academic endeavours in the ACT in Australia more broadly. As mentioned on the University of Canberra website, Drs. Armstrong and Ludlow designed, deliver and are evaluating an initiative called Learning Together. Learning Together brings together students in prisons and universities to study university-level courses with each other in the prison environment. The program has spread rapidly in the UK and will be running in approximately 20 prisons by January 2017. Their approach contests the rituals of stigmatisation, a normative and punitive approach to rehabilitation, by offering a new approach, including rituals for redemption. Furthermore, Dr Lorana Bartels will lead a similar collaborative learning project at the Queensland University of Technology, including law students, to commence next year. You're listening to Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3. Lovely to have your company today. Today we invite three law and justice academics to share their insights on collaborative learning in prisons. So we welcome to the studio Associate Professor Lorana Bartels. She is the Head of School of Law and Justice at the University of Canberra. Thanks for joining us, Lorana. Thank you, Becca. And we also welcome Dr Ruth Armstrong. She is a British Academy Postdoctoral Research Fellow at the Institute of Criminology and St John's College at the University of Cambridge. Welcome. Thank you, Becca. Lovely to be here. And Dr. Amy Ludlow is a college fellow and lecturer in law at Gonville and Keyes College at the University of Cambridge. Welcome. Hi, Becca. It's lovely to have you in the studio. I'm quite excited about this interview. It's a really fascinating and, in my view, an exciting project. We'll start with you, Lorana, to give it an Australian context. What has inspired you to collaborate or join together with Amy and Ruth? And what is your field of research? So I'm a criminologist here at the University of Canberra and... For a while now, I've been getting increasingly interested in prisons research and what, obviously, what brings people into prison, how they how they go when they return from prison into the community, but also what happens in the prisons context, because obviously we have people there for a certain period of time. We have an increasing number of people there here in the ACT, and in my view, if we're going to detain people and deprive them of their liberty, we need to do so in a way that makes use of their time and returns them to the community better able to function than before. So last year I was on a sabbatical at the Institute of Criminology at the University of Cambridge and I met a number of wonderful people amongst whom were Ruth and Amy who were working on this Learning Together program and we got chatting and I thought wow this sounds fabulous and they should come to Australia. So we got some funding from the University of Canberra to bring them out here and we've been working for the last three weeks or so on what Learning Together, the program that they designed and deliver and will tell you about, could look like in the Australian context. 
Ruth, would you explain the project conducted at the Buckinghamshire Prison in the UK and what were some of the significant outcomes that came out of the project? Yeah, maybe I could tell the story of how it started and, and then I'll explain a bit about what it's like. So Amy and I, I think, have a commitment to access to education, mm-hmm. thinking about how we find the most brilliant and best students and how we make them understand that university can be a place for them. We were teaching on an access course with 16 and 17 year olds who might be unlikely to go to university because of socio-demographic backgrounds, just because they don't have university in their horizons. Not many people on their street might go to university. Mm. When we were teaching them, they were really punitive. So when we were teaching them about criminal justice, they had these attitudes about Mm. the kind of people who end up in prison. But we realized that actually the people we met in prison often looked just like them. They grew up Mm. on the same streets. They had many similar experiences in life. And also they were also brilliant they had a lot of potential that we could see and we thought if we brought these students together it would be really difficult for them to hold these opinions of themselves as very different kinds of people they would understand the things that connected them and how they accessed the things we were teaching would then be different Mm. that they would learn differently in a context where they were learning together and it was out of that really that this idea started to grow What inspired this project? Was this something that was ignited through your own studies? How did it evolve? I think it was running the access course together and deciding that it might be fun to take some of those students into a prison. (laughs) And we started talking to some governors around that. And at the same time, we became very excited about pedagogy. Mm. So sort of philosophies that underpin... What is pedagogy? I've looked it up several times in my university studies. Could you please clarify what pedagogy is? That's how it's pronounced. Philosophy of learning. So the philosophy of learning. What does it mean? So how we learn well. So how it is that we create learning environments that bring out the potential mm. in everybody that are, that are super inclusive and that uh, have a certain future orientation that help people to go out into the world to be better people to contribute Mm. actively to society in ways that help propel all of us forward and what's really odd is that when you start as an academic at least in Cambridge you start teaching and actually you don't have any training to start with to do do these sorts of things so there was a course that was running in the university and I'd done it I said to Ruth you need to do it too and having both done it a passion for thinking about teaching and learning was kind of ignited Mm. within us and so we brought together that passion with a passion for access and also some theoretical knowledge about some of the beautiful resonances between Mm. how people learn well and the sorts of things people need to have access to Mm. and to develop within themselves in order for them to live good lives post-release from prison. You have legal backgrounds that's your your academic history is Mm -hmm. legal but you've organically evolved into teachers Is that how you would see yourself? It seems to me that you've got quite a passion for learning and open learning and access to learning. Mm. Yeah, I think I think we've had the privilege of being taught by some very good teachers. And then obviously we uh, will have had experiences of being in classrooms where we've been less than engaged. (laughs) And I think what happened for me when I took the teaching and learning course at the university was that it ignited a spark in me because I could understand how you could teach to help different people learn. People learn in different ways and you can bring different ways of teaching into your classroom that can suit the needs of those learners. And and what really got me excited, as Amy was mentioning, was these resonances, the way that 
the processes through which we learn well are also the processes that we know from research mm. through which people rebuild their lives after they've been convicted and have committed criminal offences and how they move into the good lives that they desire yes. post-release from prison. So I could see that if you could create a classroom where you had these processes of learning mm. and the ways that people learn well, that you could make an environment within which people naturally could move away and move into non-offending identities mm. and have ideas of ways in which they could carry those out in the future. Do you apply different modalities of pedagogy in the classroom context, particularly in this such a complex learning environment and such stigma and such, I guess, such personal barriers to learning? How do you overcome that? And is, is that an intuitive thing? And or is it a combination of having that strong, solid research with that strong, intuitive connection? I think it comes for us very firmly from, from research, actually. There's some really good research. It's called intergroup contact theory, which is another bit of jargon. But the idea is, how do we bring people together in ways that help to reduce stigma and prejudice so that there are ways of coming together that don't really reduce stigma and prejudice. Mm. There's kind of a flat form of encounter. And there's a brilliant geographer called Jill Valentine who talks about, instead of just flat encounter, meaningful interchange. So some of the things that are important to transforming interactions between kind of flat encounter to meaningful interchange are about attentiveness to power. So thinking about how power flows through learning spaces and how we can alter that so not deny power but modify its passage but also the importance of having a common task so we have group projects within how we teach we also recruit on the basis of interest and potential motivation rather than using kind of binary measures of previous educational achievement mm -hmm. and we prioritize dialogue we have a lecture that comes from the front mm. but that's delivered in a very dialogical way that's about throwing ideas into the space and mm. getting people to access those ideas through experiences so everybody feels like they can contribute something from mm. the start how are people responding to your a multifaceted way of approaching education in the prison context how are they responding yeah. to this project people are responding really well so we take in a match number of students from the university and we have a match number of students who are resident in the prison and we run a short course within the prison so at the minute we are running courses in criminology and then we have some academics from the English faculty running courses in English literature and academics from theology and philosophy running courses in theology and philosophy. Mm -hmm. Every single week a guest lecturer comes into the room and we'll give a short lecture for about 20 minutes that's delivered very dialogically. And then we have small groups of students. The groups are made up of two students that are resident at the university and two students who are resident in the prison. And they also have a group facilitator. So that will be a postdoctoral student, a PhD student or a, a visiting scholar who helps to facilitate the discussion. And we train them about good ways to do that, to bring in all of the voices and also to keep things very relevant to the content. And we ask the students to bring their experiences, to think about the theoretical mm. things that we're discussing. So we might, for example, have a question, you know, what does it feel like when power is exercised mm. legitimately? Well, everybody can talk about a time when they have sat in school and they felt like something that they've been told has been unjust and also a time when maybe they felt like someone has used their power really well everyone has these kinds of experiences in life so we try to have broad questions that everyone can access from their experiences mm. the same but there are other people as well to think about because mm. there are also the students who have done the course each year we train them up to be educational mentors so they are also in our learning space and then you have other residents of that wing in the prison who are outside of the classroom but who are seeing what are going on you have the staff on the wing of the prison who are there and 
Karen who help us to get our students in and to get our students out. Mm-hmm. You have the lecturers from the university who are coming in and talking about their work and their research, but in a very different academic and educational mm-hmm. context to they're used to. And the feedback that we've been getting from the students is that they understand themselves differently. Mm. They think of who they are, their being. They start to conceive of themselves in different ways. And that's because they start to conceive differently about who they belong to. Mm. Realising that they belong to each other in a way that they hadn't thought of previously. So someone in prison has realised that those people who I thought were really posh and different at Cambridge University Mm. don't always have the most straightforward lives and aren't that different to me really and the people at Cambridge University are realizing that there are some absolutely brilliant people in our prisons who have a lot of potential mm. and they could reach that and realize that mm. given the right circumstances so you're just eroding the barriers between the class sort of barriers that limit people's even perception of moving into that form of education and particularly at such a prestigious institution as as Cambridge University Mm -hmm. it must have that in itself as a stigma Mm -hmm. as does the prisoner themselves so I mean this project I think we're helping to blur yes some of the perceptions of class itself yes so we had a lovely situation this year where one of the officers uh, commented on how very polite and lovely one of our students was as he directed him to a toilet on the wing and we said he's one of your residents he's not he's not coming he definitely is lovely and polite but he also lives here and uh and the and the officer then had to say oh i'm sorry you're not allowed to go to that toilet you have to go to the inmates toilet but but this moment of the fact that we have these ideas and stereotypes and they don't fit when we are sitting in a learning space where our identity there for everybody Mm. is as a learner Yes, I think it's really important to say we're not just it's not for us just about dismantling things it's actually about building up something new so for us it's not about delivering one-off courses and that's why it's really important that Ruth just highlighted lots of the other players who are involved this is about building a community and a future-oriented community that tangibly gives people um, spaces and places in the community where they feel welcome Mm -hmm. and of which they already feel part when they're currently serving their their sentence so that pipeline model I think for us is really really important it's not just about reducing prejudice and stigma it's about building better futures for people is this just a a one-off project in buckinghamshire is this being trialed in other prisons in the uk (laughs) it's gone a bit berserk we started it in a really quiet way about three years ago was it you yeah too that started it i have to ask how does it feel to start something have an idea and then just build it and for it to expand a, and a privilege. Yeah, it's a privilege and it's and we should it's say challenge. that we had an idea but we had a brave governor of a prison who has yeah. trusted us and supported us and we have a department mm-hmm. who have come alongside us and amazing lecturers who have given their time and, and we're building on a legacy so yeah. yes. what's been amazing to us is just to discover the kind of rich british history so yes. tony bottoms who's a professor in our institute he actually when he studied criminology in the 1950s it was really routine to learn mm. criminology alongside some of the people who really? were in Borstals or Young Offenders Institutes but this kind of died off at a time when it t- took off in the US so actually this stuff has got deep roots and to our joy we are discovering similarly similar deep roots I think in Australia. That's right I was speaking the other day to a bit of a legend in Australian criminology a, a Canberra man David Biles who's now in his 80s and, and we were chatting on the phone he said oh I was doing this at a prison in Melbourne about 30 35 years ago and that was news to me and I said David did you ever write anything about it no no but you know it it was unknown to me that there had been this history there's certainly been a history of lecturers taking students into prisons but it's 
it's a somewhat contested approach because it, it can be a little bit voyeuristic. We are yes. we're going into a space where people mm. are living, not by choice, and there's no there's no parity yeah. and there's no sharing of, of experience in a way that's mm. fair and even. So there's been a bit of a move, at least in this country, away from you take your students in in this way, mm. whereas learning together is about them, both the students from the outside and the students from the inside, having the experience mm. that they that together are going on a learning journey rather mm. than it's the outside students coming to have a look at mm. how, they, how it is how on the inside and then going is. out again without kind of giving anything back and it's collaboration is absolutely. fairly key to Mass the project so. absolutely and what is it about collaboration why do we learn so effectively in the collaborative context there's a lovely educationalist who is called carol dweck carol dweck yeah. and she talks about growth mindset she talks about how the people who achieve the most in life are the people who work really hard and who deal with failure. And she mm. talks about how we learn well alongside each other, that we all have potential and we mm. all have strengths yes. and that we will have strengths in different areas. Mm. So she talks about classroom settings that support growth mindset. Growth mm. mindset isn't something you're born with mm. or you have or you don't have. You know, And she kind of debunks this idea of specific talents and that, and yes. that the talent is what will get you somewhere it's Mm. not that we don't have talents but it's the hard work that gets us somewhere she says that when we're alongside each other so if I am really good at maths but I'm not very good at English and writing stories but I work with Amy Mm. and Amy might not be very good at maths but she might be very good at writing stories I might just learn some of her techniques and see oh she does this and see that actually at points even though I think she's really good at it she struggles too and I see what Mm. she does in those moments when she struggles and then I think oh I can do that Mm. so you're watching that moment of that struggle. wavering struggle, mm-hmm. the challenge, and actually, is it osmosis in some sort of way? Is that what learning does? Do we capture some of those subtle nuances from people just by being with them for an extended period? We certainly emulate people in, in our behaviours, in our body language, and, and we yes. are social beings, so we take yep. on things from other people. But I think it's very important to see, as, as Ruth has said, that other people struggle too because mm. I think people who haven't perhaps developed or had the opportunity to, to develop this growth mindset might just think, I'm stupid, I could never do mm. that. And seeing that someone that they might perceive as clever might also struggle and that they have, to, they have to work harder. Mm. It doesn't just come naturally to other people and it doesn't come naturally to me, that we all struggle. Mm. And I think that equips people to then think, I could do this too if I, if I keep working a little bit. At this, I can get there too. So it's also about breaking down those preconceptions around who's smart, who's dumb, yes. all of those things. And a lot of people who are in prisons, both in the Australia and the UK, have often had pretty negative experiences with the mm. mainstream schooling system and haven't been supported in their education journey. So to actually start to realise that they have got that potential in them too and that they can be that they are able to unlock that potential mm. and, and think in complex ways, think in sure. ways that university students do, mm. can be massively empowering. You've been listening to 2XXFM 98.3 on local current affairs program, Subject ACT. My name is Becca Postorino, the executive producer of the program. That was my conversation with Dr Lorana Bartels, Associate Professor, School of Law and Justice at the University of Canberra, Dr Ruth Armstrong, British Academy Postdoctoral Fellow, St John's College Research Associate at the University of Cambridge, and Dr Amy Ludlow, College Fellow and Lecturer in Law at Gonville and Keyes College at the University of Cambridge. Stay with us now for more of that conversation with Dr Bartels, Armstrong and Ludlow. 
You're listening to 2XXFM 98.3 on Local Current Affairs Program, Subject ACT. Lorana, is there any similar project that's being conducted in Australia at the moment? Obviously, you spoke about uh, David Biles in the 1950s, but is Um, there anything similar that's going on now? Look, it's a particularly exciting time. So there's a few things going on here. Here in the ACT, um, the ANU has been running a program for about six years now. It's a little different, but they take law students from the ANU into the prison here in Canberra, the AMC, and it's called the Legal Literacy Program. Mm -hmm. So it's not actually about learning together in the way that Ruth and Amy's program is, but what they do is they sit down with the detainees and ask them what sort of legal issues do you want to learn a little bit more about Uh, and it's been really interesting topics it's been constitutional law human rights sentencing but also um, I was reading the other day uh, in the very first one of these sessions was around Gough Whitlam's dismissal Mm, um, many years ago and that's what the prisoners Mm. wanted to learn about so then the the ANU students go away and they study up and they learn a bit Mm. about how to communicate about this uh, you know about these relevant legal issues and then they go back over a number of weeks mm. um, I think it's six weeks and sit down with with the students and chat about these legal issues so that's been going for a while now um, and has great support from the people who run the prison and um, there's just in the last year or so been um, the first uh, iteration of a program that is a little similar to Ruth and Amy's but also has some differences called Inside Out, a program that's been running in the US for many years. And so that's a, a woman called Marietta Martinovic. She's a former corrections officer. She's now a criminologist academic like me. And so she then takes a group of her students from RMIT University into the prison and they study criminology alongside prisoners uh, that's been both in the men and the women's prison Uh, and it runs a little bit longer than Ruth and Amy's it runs for about 15 weeks and it's a bit different in its structure but that's very similar and then I've just gotten some funding together with some colleagues at Queensland University of Technology to run a program that is learning together Mm. so the, the program that Ruth and Amy designed and they've been very much guiding us on what it might look like mm. but adapted for the Australian yes. context to run that in a Queensland prison so we'll be doing that next year so taking students from QUT into oh. a Queensland prison and having those students and the prisoners there learn alongside each other here. Is Australia receptive or open to these ideas it's an expanded way of integrating education into the prison system is Australia open to that in your view? Look it's a good question Becca and we've had some fabulous discussions uh, both leading up to Ruth and Amy's visit to Australia and while they've been here with both academics across the country and correctional agencies across the country that suggest that they are open to it but we also need to understand the broader context we need to recognise that Prison populations are growing, budgets are stretched. Some of your listeners may may be aware that in New South Wales, for example, there's been a a recent decision by the government to sack most of their Mm. teachers in the prisons. Uh, And a, a real focus on education, which is about getting people jobs, very practical education. I'm not saying that that's not useful. Obviously, it is. I guess push back a little bit against mm. that and say, well, we're not really serving either the prisoners or society Mm. very well, if that's all we're aiming for. And a question to either Ruth or Amy. Why should we give prisoners the advantage of education? Isn't it a privilege to people who comply with societal norms? Please debunk that (laughs) as much as you want. Well, Um, I mean, a common starting point is to think about public safety. And if 
the justice system is trying to make society safer, safer to think about how we best do that and there's lots and lots of good research evidence that shows the very positive benefits that education has Mm. for helping people to move away from crime when they get out of prison and obviously prison is a very expensive way Mm. often of making people in fact worse rather than better in the sense of of breaking some of the community ties Mm. and some of the important Mm. family connections employment connections housing the things that people actually need to survive and stay crime free post release so from that financial perspective and from a community safety perspective there are really good reasons to offer educational opportunities in prisons. Ruth as a society what benefit does it give your students to afford them the opportunity to participate in collaborative learning? I think it gives all of our students a new sense of society so I think it gives them a real sense that they have agency to Mm. shape society Mm. and actually that they are society (laughs) to be the kind of community that they want to live in. And I say that for all of my students, whether they're resident in the prison or whether they're resident at the university. I think it gives them a sense that they can do things that they might have thought Mm. they couldn't do before. Mm. And I think it gives them a sense of what they want to be and Mm. how they want to be it. And also, we have some lovely stories of like one student who's in the prison who had said, you know, I knew about the Electoral Royal. I stayed off it when I was offending because I needed to be anonymous. But the first thing I am going to do when I get out of here is to register to vote Mm -hmm. because he just realised that he had... He didn't realise previously that he had power to shape society. He thought society was something that acted on him. Mm -hmm. But he said, I now have power to be part of society Mm. and I want to be part of it for good. Mm. I think what it does for all of our students is makes them them realise that they have power to be the society they want to live in. When do you think that realisation comes? I know this is a very (laughs) difficult question and one that you can't answer because you're speaking on their behalf, but when have you witnessed that those realisations come? Is Is it when they've experienced that education or the or this or what education can do for them when does that occur so i would say a few things that i have suspicions over this i don't know (laughs) and we are working hard to try to improve our methodologies no we're we're trying to improve our methodologies to capture these things actually to measure in complex ways what happens over the course of the of the class and beyond so our learning communities do not stop when a course finishes we are creating spaces in the university where some of our students who are now in open prisons are released on temporary license they come and take part in events at the University of Cambridge. We dearly hope that when some of our students are released from prison, they will finish their degrees, mm-hmm. that they will apply to study at the University of Cambridge and at other universities where they're going home to. So we hope that this community will carry on and will grow. At the end of the course, mm-hmm. we have a celebration of achievement for the students who have passed the course, who have done their group projects, who have written their essays. And we designed that on the basis of some research which is done around rituals of re-entry. Mm-hmm. What constituent parts do we have in rituals in society where that are rituals of redemption? In the criminal justice system, we are really good at rituals of stigmatising mm-hmm. people, rituals of removing and rituals of isolation. We do a lot in the court of de- denaming people, delabeling mm-hmm. people. They are given numbers Shame. and not names and they are given uniforms to live in. But we don't do very much when a prison sentence ends, when mm-hmm. people 
have done their time, when they finish parole, you just kind of fade off at the end of parole. Mm -hmm. And there isn't an acknowledgement that actually you might have worked really hard and have changed an awful lot. Mm -hmm. So some of those elements are that we invite people's families and friends. Mm -hmm. All of our students can bring two people into that celebration. That we have high-ranking, important people from the community who are there. So it might be like a local mayor or a Mm -hmm. police and crime commissioner. That we have people in the prison who are the offender supervisors. Mm -hmm. And another lovely story from this year's course was that somebody said at the end of that course my family had never seen me go up to receive anything other than a (laughs) sentence before and so his family saw him in a new light Mm. and that makes a big difference for when someone's coming out of prison and they've let their family down multiple Mm. times before but their family sees that they have been working really hard to Mm. achieve something great and starts to get a sense maybe they could do it you've been listening to 2XXFM 98.3 on local current affairs programs subject ACT my name is Becca Posterino, 2XXFM Current Affairs Coordinator. That was my conversation with Dr Lorana Bartels, Associate Professor, School of Law and Justice at the University of Canberra, Dr Ruth Armstrong, British Academy Postdoctoral Fellow, St John's College Research Associate at the University of Cambridge, and Dr Amy Ludlow, College Fellow and Lecturer in Law at Gonville and Keys College at the University of Cambridge. Our conversation explored the benefit of collaborative learning, particularly as part of the prison experience, and how Australia may intend on integrating the research and practice, as discussed by the visiting scholars. Next week, we address the pressing community issue of domestic and family violence. I speak to Michael Costigan from the Tara Costigan Foundation to explore the valuable work this foundation is bringing to the community. Tomorrow, Doug Dobing brings us Tuesday's edition of Subject ACT, and coming up next... Community Radio Network's topical storytelling, all the best. Tune in each weekday, 8.30 till 9am on 2XXFM 98.3 for local current affairs on Subject ACT or stream us live on www.2XXFM.org.au backslash listen. I'm Becca Posterino. Enjoy your day. <laughs>